0: Here's the question. How do you make the impossible possible? Simple, remove the I am, the ego. Now, how do you step into that newfound possibility? With a series of small intentional steps. Never forget, the greatest among us started from humble beginnings. But to truly unlock your potential, realize you're here for something greater. If you're yearning for more than just a good life, Let's take that small step together to reach greatness. Welcome to the Greatness from Small Beginnings podcast, where we're talking to those who have gone from mediocrity to motivated, overlooked to overachieving, forgettable to unforgettable. Are you ready? Let's go. So this is what I would call the Christmas podcast. The Christmas version of greatness from small beginnings, gonna be talking about the Virgin Mary, the, the pregnancy side of what happened with Mary, and then and then the really the the end result that gives us what we can, what we can be today through what then was baby Jesus. Just recently, with my wife and some friends, went to see the the movie, The Journey to Bethlehem. And it was really good. It was a musical, so it was a little odd at times that, you know, Roman soldiers were dancing and <laughs> singing and things like that. And yet the concepts were incredible. But it reminded me of, of a skit that I, boy, I'm not an artist like this, but I did kind of direct a spur-of-the-moment skit with a bunch of high schoolers over 20 years ago. And, th- and it was at Christmas, and it had this concept in mind. That the Virgin Mary, the Mary, Jesus' mother, became pregnant through the Holy Spirit, not through a man, not through the natural, the natural method. OK, so Which, in that culture, is what we're going to get into is, how would that be then? How would she have responded? How, how would that normally have gone? But let's talk about what that would look like now. An unwanted pregnancy. How we treat that in most of America these days is with actually a fair amount of grace and a fair amount of mercy, a fair amount of saying, well, that was not the way it probably should have gone. It was not the, the steps that should have been taken in the order that they should have gone. Or we say it's a mistake. They made a mistake causing a child the child wasn't the mistake. The act was the mistake. Okay. But there's a lot of grace in today's culture in regards to unwed pregnancy. And I've witnessed it several times at my own church uh, where, of course, there's some, some religion, you know, at the church. There's some, you know, I don't call myself religious. I call myself a follower of Christ, a, a disciple of Christ, things like that. And some people call it a Christian. I lean away from that term. But I do go to a church full of other believers, okay? And over the years, there's been a, a few young ladies that have gotten pregnant out of wedlock. And in. I was thinking back earlier that uh at least two-thirds of those, from what I know, those are still within the families, at least their immediate families, their natural families, and there's no scorn, there's no issues. like it was an, an act that was done in the wrong order, perhaps, but nonetheless, it created this baby, and we love that baby. That baby is our grandchild, that baby is our, our family member, and even in a church family. So there's some success that comes out of that grace and mercy. So that's how it would be responded to today. There may be some scorn. There may be some people looking at that girl and then perhaps at the guy that's involved, if they even know who it is, uh, if the people looking on even know who it is. There might be some scorn in their heart. They might be a little judgmental. They might, be, But generally, our culture, our society is is far more gracious in regards to that being less of an issue, more gracious nowadays than than in, in days past. But let's think back 2,000 years. So when Mary became pregnant, the Bible says, by the Holy Spirit, so it was a miraculous virgin pregnancy the only one on record that I know of. Let me, let me say it this way. It would have been a scandal. <laughs> it was, Rome was the nation in power. And so there was, within Rome, there was a, like a decadence. There was an increasing uh, lack of morality. So the reaction to the, the Jews in the area, which Mary was, the family of Jews, the children of Israel, there was a, like a, an extra layer of, no, we need to be better than them, we need to be more pure to, than them, we need to keep the laws because they are so anti-law that we need to, like, go a little overboard. And so there was a complete religious movement about around that idea. Now, again, I'm not a theologian, I'm not a historian, but this is right from Scripture that they said there was these things were going on, that a, a, a super... Uh, uber amount of, of uh, re- religiosity in, in that part of the world, in Judea, uh, even though Rome was the ruling nation, which made this thing, not as far as the Romans were concerned necessarily, but made this thing in the, in the Jewish circles a complete scandal. Matter of fact, their law if taken to the end result, would require death by stoning. You throw stones at the person until they're dead. That's what tradition required of that kind of sin. I looked it up today on the Internet. I just wanted to find out what the traditions were of the day, and it confirmed that that was was the way things were then. So Mary is pregnant but it's revealed to her by an angel, okay? In one instance, that angel comes, and that is referenced in Luke 1, basically starting in verse 29 of chapter 1 in Luke. Where it talks about an angel coming to Mary, and the angel said, you will have a child, his name will be Jesus, he will rule. And the descendants of David and Jacob will be saved by this child. And she says, how will that be since I'm a virgin? The angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, explains that she's going to, be, that she's going, she's going to have a baby, and it's, it's conception of the Holy Spirit. And then she says, as the conversation closes, just imagine a conversation with an angel, first of all. And then she has the foresight to say, this talks about her character, which I'll get into later. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. May your word to me be fulfilled. So she was already latching on to kind of a promise that the the birth of this child would save many. So she's already looking ahead. I think when she said that, she knew what she was headed for. Big problems. Talk about scandal. If she is found to be pregnant, that she is supposed to have death by stoning. In particular, in this case, there's no man to point out. There's nobody to point blame at. It It all lays with her. It's a huge potential scandal that loses her life. Now imagine going to her parents, her going to her parents and saying, this is, this is what I was told. Now the movie, the journey to Bethlehem kind of laid out that how might that have gone and I hadn't really thought of it that way is that they pushed back. Like, how can this be? You must be lying. And in the movie, she says, have I ever lied to any of you? Well, that shows partly why God chose her, because though she was young, perhaps 16, 17, maybe even younger, we don't know. Though she was young, she had great integrity. She had enough knowledge of of Scripture, of prophecy, and of law to know what the consequences were, and yet she went to them and said, this is the case, and this baby is this baby is going to be the savior she was convinced of course cuz she met the angel the angel did not appear to them so they had to trust so at that time she was supposed to be married it's kind of like being engaged but it's it was a little more intense than that in their culture like this engagement was a re- the real thing the marriage was imminent it was coming and and the families had put it together and so it was basically a done deal except that they were not yet living in the, in the same house, apparently. Well, Joseph, imagine how he handled that. He likely didn't believe her either. And because maybe the marriage was, a, was set up by the parents, maybe they didn't even know each other very well. How could he trust that she, what she was saying? And then for him to let his parents know like, maybe they all knew somehow, maybe they were told, and, and but I can just believe that they didn't understand. Nobody in that scenario understood. Well, in Matthew, there's an account of, of an angel coming to Joseph also and basically confirming that this is right, don't scorn her, don't push her away marry her, protect her, protect her and this child, because this child will save the world. And so Joseph's plan just before that was to put her, what they call put her away quietly, which means send her maybe out of country somewhere else so that she was safe, so that she could have the baby on her own. It would have changed completely her life. It would have put the family in a, in a disadvantaged spot for sure. But it was all Very countercultural. But after the angel came to him, then he said, I will take her as my wife and basically with her live the consequence of whatever that means. So imagine that's what he was thinking. It doesn't say how he responded to the angel, but it said the angel came. And upon that, he then took the right action to go through with the marriage. So to save Mary's life, she went to visit uh, someone named Elizabeth, who, who tradition says was a family member. We would maybe say aunt, um, great aunt, something like this. We're not sure, but it's at least because of how it's phrased in, in, the, in the scripture, she was at least 60 years old and she was pregnant. She was pregnant with a with a baby in an older age, with a promised son that had also been promised to her, and Zechariah, her husband, who was older yet. There's miracles and things going on around that whole situation too, where he he didn't believe, and his speech was taken away for the whole time of the pregnancy. So Mary went uh, a number of miles away. Again, I don't. I'm not a historian. I'm not a geography guy on exactly where she went to see, but it was a number of days journey away. When she engaged with Elizabeth, there was a a stirring of the baby inside of Elizabeth, and she stated something to the effect of, why should I have the privilege of having you here? For you carry my king, is basically what she said. An astounding way of seeing that, Imagine how affirming that was to Mary in the, from the time that she was told she was pregnant and she communicated it to, the, to Joseph, her parents, maybe his parents, and if, perhaps a few others, she had not heard likely one encouraging word. But when she stepped in front of Elizabeth, it was complete affirmation. It was complete resignation that, okay, I've done the right thing this is the right thing. This is of God, because I'm sure, as I would have and you would have, we would have many, many times of doubt about these things. But my question as I was thinking more about this is why did he choose? When when we talk about greatness, greatness from small beginnings, she was the daughter of somebody that knew the law, but we're not even told necessarily that he was a, a teacher of the law or anything. He was I wouldn't say it was a nobody, but he wasn't super prominent necessarily, in at least in the, that part of the country. But talk about small beginnings. Well, she was chosen because God knew she would obey. She knew the law. She knew the scripture well enough. She actually knew the prophecy of a coming king. She just didn't know this is the way it would come. And of course, she certainly couldn't have known it came from, through her. There's no way she could have known that. But here's the miracle, is that she was chosen because of her character and who she was. She was on the pathway to greatness, though she likely had no idea what that would look like. In Jewish tradition, in Middle Eastern tradition, women didn't imagine the word greatness very often in their life. Maybe some with a particular kind of courage, they would picture things, them doing things, uh, being like the Proverbs 31 woman who owns land and encourages the, the husband and all these other things, but, but to be great on their own because of their own, uh, their own character and action would have been very odd to think that. It would have been odd for, for a woman to think that and to, to kind of live in that. And yet God chose her to be great. As I was thinking about the reasons why it was incredible, the things that I called, that I, that I came up with, is that he knew she would obey. He knew that she would suffer the ridicule, suffer the scandal, that, that she would have the faith to believe that what that angel said, even though she would have probably questioned from a human level the fact that it must have been a dream, it must have not been real. And yet she was convinced. So she embraced her greatness and and with courage. which is really which is really incredible, because I think that in some ways, being a teenager, very likely, she probably had a lot of doubt. Like, can I even believe this to be the case? And yet, every time there needed to be a response to Joseph, to her parents, to somebody else in, in the response to get, on a, um, to, to get on the road towards Elizabeth to, to keep herself from being stoned, she did those things because the baby needed to live. So she had courage. She also took responsibility. Somehow that was built into her, and that's incredible. So I list these things to say that's our pathway to greatness is we need to have courage. We need to be like Mary and to search the things that God's have told us. Now, is it always an angel? Well, no, it's hardly ever an angel, honestly. And yet I know people that have heard God's voice or at least uh, maybe a... a a still voice and given them direction and if that's the case we you and i we need to abide in those in those words we need to do as a friend of mine likes to say we need to do what we heard last and we need to dig in deep in that thing and then when god is ready he'll give us the new next thing he'll give us that because god doesn't want us to be to stall out in any, any pathway of greatness. He wants us to continue to be great. That's how I kind of picture this story going and how it applies to our lives. So back to why her. He knew. He, he created her. He created of her such a time as that, such a time as, as that miracle. And I believe, with everything in me, that the best part of the Christmas story, which is later, Jesus was born, 30 years later, he did a ministry, and then he began preaching and and all of that, and he, he gathered disciples, and those disciples, those 12 disciples, changed the world, that with the message that says, God created us for greatness, and To live out that greatness, we need that Christ child, that Christ, the one that came as a miracle. We need him in our life. That's the Christmas story, and it started in scandal. That's the interesting thing. It's obviously I'm not a historian or a theologian, and yet it is so interesting that this is where the story came from. This is how it started. And people could not see it the way God saw it. But a few, in this case, Mary, Joseph, Elizabeth, her husband, Zachariah, they believed. They had courage and they believed. Instead of sticking with tradition, sticking with the, what they thought they knew about the greater path they, they were put on by God, they believed. And I think we should all do that too. In particular, at the Christmas season, Let's open our eyes, look around, and see how we can engage with others, but in general, of course. Well, that's all for today. Now go be great.